Welcome to the Everything Action Cast, the official podcast of EverythingAction.com. Hello and welcome to the Everything Action Cast podcast for the week of October 16th, 2023. I'm your Zach. I'm your co-host, Chris. And uh, yeah, we are back to a normal episode. Uh, we, it was sort of a half and half episode last week because, Chris, you were at your Comic-Con. I was. Which well, was like comic action was. <laughs> it was like pure chaos with like people crapping on the floor and all kinds of other craziness happening. The crapping on the floor, though, still has been dis- like not confirmed. So <laughs> that, that, that is the weird thing. It's just a, a crazy rumor. A crazy rumor that Bleeding Cool has apparently... Uh, start it and I mean I was there and some people like either saw it or didn't or it was like kind of that fever dream where everyone just sort of imagined that was poop I don't know it was a baby Ruth bar like Caddy Shack yeah but anyway yeah you're back um, we got a tough to talk about this week but we got to kick things off unfortunately with some sad news we lost a couple of people in the world of entertainments so first up uh, Suzanne Summers passed away at age 74. Or 76, actually. Yeah. Uh, uh, sort of just like a timeless classic that you just never thought what would happen with her. Well, I, yeah, but best enough for, I think, yeah, obviously two shows. So, for, yeah, obviously, in like the 70s, uh, it was, uh, it was that, yeah, that was a 70s show, like Three's Company. Mm-hmm. And then I think more for us, Chris, Step by Step, TJF oh, yeah. Staple. Like, we knew she was hot then. We didn't know that she had a huge, uh, like, presence before. Because I just knew her from step by step. I didn't know that there was more than that. Growing up, of course. And then the, uh, obviously, also the Thighmaster was... That, that, apparently, apparently she made millions upon millions upon millions upon millions of dollars for the Thigh Master and then also like kind of associate other like fitness books and self-help books and then she was on Home Shopping Network selling stuff and so yeah apparently she and her uh yeah her, her, she and her husband had, had like uh like t- just tons of money from Thigh Master and fitness self-help stuff and all that stuff smart she was smart about it because she basically could Act when she wanted to, not like when she needed to. And Thigh Master was like it's such a simple, simple thing, but then everyone it just like blew up. It was like it's like one of the most like well known and like most purchased like fitness products ever. Yeah, it was a cultural phenomenon. Uh, I think every, at least you'll know one family that had one. Mm-hmm. I mean, my mom had one, so just like that's how I was familiar with it. And she had like the version three of the Thigh Master. Mm-hmm. And they just kept making that over and over again. It's just a giant spring. It's like a paperclip. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the other stuff, she was she's also um, co-host of like the rebooted like ni- late nineties Candy Camera. If you remember that show, <laughs> the, the reboot of that oh. of Candy Camera. And then appeared uh, t- in other shows like had guest appearances in, like Starsky and Hutch and Love Boat and um, she's also she had a super small role in like Bullet. <laughs> back in the day and magnum force she's in magnum force oh, yeah, apparently yeah it's in some role in magnum force i'm sure it's like a kind of just a, was a major role and then 
American Graffiti also that was like that was like her first like big appearance ever. She was like the uh, the blonde the, the Thunderbird that that was like driving around and you see throughout the movie. But yeah, but RIP to uh, Suzanne Summers, and then also uh, Burt Young passed away at age eighty-three. Polly, is it weird that I thought he passed way before? Well, I it, I, I feel like he like I was looking at IMDb and the, look his last like acting role was like twenty twenty one, so he must have like retired or, and then um, and then yeah, and then um. I'm not. Sh- I don't think they said they don't. I don't think he really said what, like what he uh, died of. But yeah, they, I think he, I think he's been kind of like retired since like 2021. But uh, yeah, I mean, P- Polly and Polly and all in like six of the Rocky movies um, since, since since the beginning, and then I, th- I think most notably not Rocky Four. <laughs> he somehow reprogrammed that robot. <laughs> that was like one of the one of the biggest Polly moments. Yeah, uh, Burt Young, he just sort of got typecast in, like, the drunk uncle roles. Yeah, or, or a lot of, like, kind of, like, I think he got into, like, sort of, like, kind of, like, gangster mobster guys, too. Like, it's like, or, like, a, you know, like a Philly, New York tough guy kind of thing. Like, yeah, yeah. He doesn't, he just, he didn't have a face for, like, main lead, but he definitely had, like, the background guy uh, or the guy who sort of knows the like mob guy involved in the story. You know, what's crazy. I almost didn't recognize him in like Mickey blue eyes. Mm-hmm. Did you ever see that movie? I, I think I've seen parts of it. I've seen like trailers of like, I don't think I've seen the whole thing. Best parts are just the Burt Young. Mm-hmm. I know he was the, uh, the main bad guy in excessive force. The uh, Thomas Ian Griffith classic. He was like the main like mobster guy that mobster like guy. yeah because he cannot go in a fist fight. He usually was like if it was a gangster role. He was like the dom or someone head in charge. The, yeah, he was never like the guy sent, who has the. He sent guys out to like fight for him. <laughs> yeah. And he and yes, I mean Burton, he also just like tons of like TV credits and like guest spots and. Sporting roles like other movies, like he was on Tales from the Crypt and Columbo and Outer Limits, and uh, like recently, like uh, he was on Russian Doll, the Tashi Leone show on Netflix. He was, yeah, for like an episode or two, like, he was like he appeared in, in that, on that show. Sopranos, we're talking about you know get mobster stuff. Yeah, he was uh, in. He had a guest appearance in the Sopranos at one point. Yeah, I'm looking at the credits that his later roles. He did a lot of, like, himself. Like, he would just show up as mm-hmm. Burt Young in things. I think Ch- Chinatown, was, I think, also was a big one. Uh, he was curly in Chinatown. Like a, a kind of like a, like a, like a pretty significant supporting character in that movie. At least in, like, the mm-hmm. first half of it. I'm looking up on his uh, Wikipedia page. Apparently, he was in three episodes of Beretta as three different characters. <laughs> that, that was probably confusing. Yeah, I mean, unless they like gave him wigs, but especially if he, like, I wonder if he like di- if he like died if one of his characters died and then he just came back and it's just like, oh, 
it's is it are, are, did you somehow survive like how are you <laughs> back now it's like oh no i'm i'm jimmy now pretty much that's why i'm like and that those shows it's hard because it's the same thing with like law and order which let's see if he ever showed up in law and order. yes he was yeah he was in yeah law and order. ever like name any person ever in the world of entertainment they've been on law and order <laughs> or star trek yeah, yeah, he's been in Law and Order twice, two different mm-hmm. shows as two different, probably like victims or perpetrators. Yeah. But yeah, our RIP to uh to both of them. They're 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 both like very like, very very uh, instantly recognizable. Like, every everyone everyone knows who Burt Young and Suzanne Summers were. So, RIP to both of them. So uh, let's let's shift gears and talk about some trailers. And we actually got another. I think it's the. I think they're calling it the full trailer for uh, Monarch: Legacy of Monsters, the upcoming Godzilla Apple TV Plus show, which is going to be coming out uh, in a couple weeks here on uh, November seventeenth, uh, as when the first episode drops on Apple TV Plus. And you know, take take place in the you know the legendary pictures monster verse so and then and multiple time periods within the monster verse it's gonna be like i think it's gonna be post kind of 2014 after godzilla's uh battle with the mutos in san francisco and then all, going back to like the 50s for like uh exploring like the early days of monarch and the biggest thing besides godzilla is that uh we got kurt russell starring in it as uh lee shaw in like the kind of like present day stuff and then we're getting when we cut like the fifties, it's uh, Wyatt Russell is playing the younger version of that character, which which is awesome. Kind of like you know father son <laughs> duo playing the same character, which I I can't I can't think of another like have you can you think of like another like father son team that like played the same character? No. I feel like that, I feel like it's kind of like 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 unprecedented or like at least like very rare that you get like very yeah. rare that it's not common that in all the mm-hmm. movies we've seen. No, it's not even like maybe mother daughter. Yeah, maybe. But I've seen like mother daughter play mother daughter. You know, I oh no no Susan Sarandon. Mm-hmm. So Susan Sarandon character and that's my boy. <laughs> Yeah, and then it was uh, oh, what's what, I can't remember her what's her daughter's name I can't remember but not Susan not Susan but you know it's a yeah. Sarandon. But that's about yeah. it. That's all I knew. But yeah, but yeah, I mean, Carousel like a Godzilla thing is already awesome, and then um, John Gunn's coming back. It's in some capacity uh, as his character from Kong Skull Island, and actually. Uh, Anders Holm from Workaholics is playing the younger version of John Goodman. It's it, for like flashbacks. Wait, John Goodman? Of like like the John Goodman oh. character that he played. Like Anders Holm is playing like a younger version of him. John Goodwin, not John Goodman. Yeah, no, J- John Good, Good John Goodman. Like, really? Yeah, he, he, like John Goodman looks like he he films at least a couple new things that are like in like the Skull Island time period like time frame. And then we're, we're like we're like jumping like even farther back from that, and it's gonna be Anders home. What did it make? But did it seem like John Goodman knew what was on Skull Island, or did it was this like oh shit, I I I'm here. Like that's what I got the effect from from that, or am I misremembering that? 
I think I think they had like some idea of like there's monsters here, so we we like go investigate. <laughs> but I'm not I'm not sure I'm not sure if they knew exactly what kind of monsters were there. But I think they had an idea like oh this is like a monster place that gotcha. monarch needs to go like, investigate. They, they needed to bring way more men. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, but we, we're gonna get like all I think we're gonna get all kinds of new. Monarch information and monarch history on the show because obviously it's called, it's called Monarch. <laughs> so we're jumping all. We're gonna like kind of probably get more backstory, more other other creatures they've investigated, and but but also hopefully like playing like Godzilla, which like this new trailer kind of like I, my worry was that it was like the kids they keep showing like that it was like it was like some of like the like San Francisco stuff, and then that seemed like it was gonna be like the kind of the only Godzilla stuff maybe. <laughs> But then there's like this. There's a new sequence where like he's in the desert. He like emerges from like the sand dunes. That looks pretty awesome, and like it's like a couple of other new Godzilla stuff. So like that gives me hope that like it's not just gonna be like a like a cam like a Godzilla cameo or like using like reusing footage from Godzilla 2014. It's gonna be like actually like some new <laughs> new Godzilla stuff. And like Kurt Russell's like we have to team up with Godzilla. It seems like. Uh, they're doing that already? I thought they might do that for the next movie, not the TV show. He, like, there's, like, the, the end of the trailer is, like, Kuro's, like, we need, we're we gonna need some help on this, and then it cuts, like, them, like, in the desert, and, like, Godzilla's, like, emerging from the desert. So, I, I don't know if they figured out some way to, like, communicate with Godzilla, or just, like, <laughs> like, yell at him that they need help or something, I don't know, like, but... It seems like they like they're gonna like need they're like trying to like get Godzilla to help them like whatever threat is happening, some some new monster or something. Don't they need the little girl for Godzilla to kind of care about stuff? Was that was that was King, that was King Kong? Sorry, Kong, Kong, uh, Kong, Kong has a little girl that like is like his friend that like helps like tells him what to do or like sign language okay, or something. So then Godzilla just does what he wants. Yeah, Godzilla. I mean, Godzilla. We learned in like Godzilla vs Kong like murdered every like murdered everyone <laughs> like. Because the opening Kong, like Godzilla vs Kong is like, def- like he defeated like every other, like Titan. But yeah, I'm I'm excited. Hopefully, it's good. Hopefully, it'll be like uh, a cool new entry in the MonsterVerse until we get uh, was it Godzilla X Kong is gonna be the next one? New, new like it's like it's like Godzilla X Kong, New World Order or something. Yeah. Did you see the Godzilla versus Justice League on the subject of Godzilla? Like the comic? Yep. I knew there was a comic. I haven't, I haven't read it or seen it. Did you Did you read it, Chris? Didn't read it yet. But apparently okay. it is King Kong, Godzilla, Justice League. It's just they all fight. Yeah, I think I think what well, is that next? I think it's next year, maybe. Um, I mean, who knows with like all the delays and everything, but. Um, if Justice League needs a hard reboot, yeah. and they need to somehow tie it into something a little more successful, yeah, Godzilla, Godzilla X Kong: The New Empire is the is the new movie, um, which is right now it's April next year, but who that could get pushed back? Who knows? But but yeah, I think that one's gonna be they fought each other, but now they're gonna now they're teaming up. Uh, Godzilla and Kong are teaming up for some new. Uh, Battle against whatever the new threat is. Mecha King Kong. <laughs> I mean, yeah, bring bring that back. That yeah, we, we had Mecha Godzilla made an appearance. I think I think we need to get um 
some some sort of aliens in because aliens were always a big part of like the Godzilla uh, universe. Like there's always some like, evil aliens like bringing monsters to fight us or try to take us over. But uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. And then uh, yeah, so November seventeenth, Apple TV Plus. You can check that if you, have, if you have that streaming service. And then we also got uh, a trailer for uh, Michael Mann's Ferrari, um, which is going to be pro- probably an uh, like some sort of like uh, awards contender. Um, also, a biopic about Enzo Ferrari with Adam Driver playing Enzo Ferrari, and it's, it's it takes place it takes place in nineteen fifty seven where like. Ferrari was kind of like on the brink of bankruptcy, and like also like Enzo Ferrari's like personal life was in like shambles. Um, and then there is this like thousand mile race in Italy that like if Ferrari can win it, um, that would kind of like put them back on the map and like maybe save the company. So like that, so like that's like kind of the crux of this movie is like is like Enzo Ferrari's like trying to develop this new car that could, that could win this like this like super long grueling road race. But while also like dealing with like like his like you know his marriage is, is like crumbling and other things are happening. I don't know. Like, is it important that the owner has like terrible marriage and then like does I'm not sure with history. I look it up. Did did he win the race and it saved his marriage? Well, I think I think he definitely. Uh... I don't, know if, I don't know if he won. I'm, I'm assuming he won this, this specific race or like something happened because this this this, this Ferrari movie is, is kind of like a prequel to like Ford v Ferrari because that was like Ford v Ferrari was in 1963 when like Ferrari was like the like back on top as like the like dominant like racing company. So that, then that's why Ford was like, oh, we got to beat Ferrari and then we'll be like, we'll show everyone that we're the best now. Yeah, then, I mean, it's hard to be the champion for so long. Like you're gonna have a down. So. Yeah, so so sometime something happened between 1957 and 1963, like Ferrari uh, did, like get, came back on top, got back on top, and everything. So yeah, that's I'm like the time frame is just the one time. I mean, not the one one time, but the rise again, and then there's gonna be a point where he doesn't learn from that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He's gonna be like, ah, never again should I lose, and just like beats his I mean, wife again or something. I mean, I don't, I don't know how accurate Ford v Ferrari was, but he seemed like Enzo Ferrari seemed like a very like arrogant like <laughs> character in that movie of just like, oh, I these these Americans can't beat me and my Italian race cars, my my pieces of art. That, that is kind of what he was like, you know. I don't think that's a over exaggeration. Yeah, like, it's it's like Ferraris. They're not just they're not just like race cars. They're like works of art that you can like drive 100 miles an hour and like each one is like expression of like his like soul or whatever like no i'm not so much sure that he's like certifying at some degree where they're really gonna make a dramatic in the movie or like makes you want to buy a ferrari (laughs) maybe um this is a giant two hour long ad for a ferrari (laughs) I, mean, I think I think the most, like the exciting thing too is like this is like Michael Mann's first movie in like eight years since Black Hat. Whoa! So I still hate Black Hat. I think I think the only thing he's directed since Black Hat was uh, I think it was the pilot of that Tokyo Vice show because he's, he's also like the executive producer of that show. I forgot about Tokyo Vice. But uh, yeah, so Michael. I mean, Michael. I think the big thing was probably Michael Michael Mann. You know, back behind the camera for like a, a big movie. 
and also and also just like you know, Am Driver, you know, in another <laughs> another movie about a, a famous Italian. <laughs> we had Asaguchi, Now we now we got uh, Enzo Ferrari. Uh, Kylo Ren's sort of an Italian name. And uh, Ferrari's going to be out on Christmas Day uh, this year. So if you want to <laughs> either head out on Christmas or during the holidays, you can go check out the uh, Ferrari biopic, Gather the Family. It's like, you can't afford a real Ferrari, but you can watch Ferrari in theaters. Mm-hmm. Merry Christmas from Ferrari. And then uh, we also got the trailer for Netflix's upcoming documentary, Sly, which is the uh, Sylvester Stallone documentary. So you know, Arnold Arnold got his uh, documentary series, three part documentary. Uh, Stallone's getting his uh, documentary movie. Uh, so yeah, not not a not a like a, not a limited series. It's gonna be a, like one movie. Um, but I mean, look looks like a lot of like interviews with Sly, like very like very like you know they they just like hung out at his house and he just like talked to them for hours about <laughs> everything in his life and. There's also interviews with like Arnold isn't there and like Quentin Tarantino's there, and it looks like a lot of like archival footage and you know behind the scenes stuff. Hopefully that we we've never seen before. It it seems like a lot of like I I don't know if it's just the trailer, but it seems like there's gonna be a lot, like a lot of focus on like pre Rocky then post Rocky. Like that's like the like the big pivot point is like oh before Rocky he, he, I was a loser like. Didn't think I was gonna like, accomplish anything, and then Rocky came out, and now and then I became like a superstar. So I also feel like they analyzed that era of writing Rocky, filming Rocky, producing Rocky. Like that's that's got its own series. movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's got its own like at least three specials about it. Yeah, Either TV well, they... or like a film society. You know, mm-hmm. but it, that seems like it's gonna be a big big crux of this documentary movie is going to be, you know, every, like what, what led up to Rocky and then what happened after Rocky. I hope, I hope there's some time for, you know, to get into some other Sloan stuff. Like, let's let's get like, get some, get, get like Sloan's thoughts about like Cobra or, or Demolition Man or any of the weirder stuff that he's done. Uh, I want to, I want a deeper cut than that because that's sort of been revealed from other things. Cobra, Demolition Man, Dread, those are famous movies that um, stop. Stop around my shoot. Like let's let's get like the actual like his like yeah like his I thoughts are, like about getting be... tricked get, him getting tricked by Arnold to like, make that movie. Like let's get his like actual like honest opinion of that. On the record now again yeah one more time. I hope they get to a certain degree where they get to the Expendables where we at least get his understanding for the first two. Mm-hmm. And he kind of explains that he still has all these numbers and contacts and favors he called in. I wonder if there's gonna be like any sort of like I mean I I feel like you have to kind of like well I guess, I guess it depends on like when it cuts off but like I mean Tulsa King is like a Paramount Plus thing so I don't know if Netflix would be like nope you can't tell yeah. <laughs> you can't you can't talk about Tulsa King. That's why I'm like I think they might <laughs> stay with in the realm of movies and yeah that are more familiar with fans than mm. trying to specifically have him promote Tulsa King on Netflix. <laughs> hey, go, go, watch, go watch Tulsa King Season 2. It's coming soon. Also, yeah. I got that reality show Family Stone. <laughs> what's it, family, what's it, family, the Family Stallone or something? Whatever it's like, it's like Kardashian show is with his daughters. I don't know. You remember better than me. But 
Is that also on Netflix or is that on something that, else? That's also Paramount. Sly is all in at Paramount Plus. Like he is all in on Wait, on, on Paramount. If that's yeah. the case, why isn't this not on Paramount Plus and not on Netflix? Yeah, it's it is weird. I guess I guess I guess maybe there's. They still have like maybe he still has like a little bit of rivalry with Arnold, where it's just like, well, if, Ar- if Arnold got a, a, a Netflix documentary, I want I want a Netflix documentary. <laughs> like, yeah, but Arnold is also on Netflix with his own TV show. Yeah, it's a lot, Which, you know. Yeah, like Ar- yeah, Arnold's all in on Netflix. Like, is like you know, like promoting them as like the like what it was he's like the head of action, quote unquote, and then like Fubar, and then yeah, they gave him like that. The documentary series, and then yeah, slides all in on like Paramount Plus. So it's yeah, it is it is kind of weird. Just like I feel like Paramount would have been like, oh yeah, well, Sly, we'll give you like a like a five episode documentary series. But but it is it's gonna be on Netflix uh, November third, so you can check that out when it comes out. I'm sure we'll be watching it uh, as soon as it drops because you know, along with Arnold, like Sly is like one of our patron saints, so. <laughs> Definitely interested to get, get his thoughts on like a lot on his career and like a lot of like the stuff he's done. And then uh, last trailer for the week is that we got the first trailer actually right out of New York Comic Con for uh, Invincible season two, which is finally coming. Um, it's coming on uh, November, I think also November third. Uh, so big day for streaming. You can watch Sly and Invincible. <laughs> And yeah, I think it's, I think it's been like it's been like two years, I think, since season one. Like it's been, it feels like it's been forever since season one. Although we did, we did we did get the uh, the Adam and Eve special, which was was, was good. Did you, have you seen that, Chris? Yet? Not yet. I've been trying to save it, so I might see that soon. Just see it right for season two. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, I mean, season two of Invincible. It looks like um. You know, we're dealing with like the the fallout of his <laughs> finding out his dad is like a from a race of, of like horrific genocidal conquerors and getting his ass beaten by his dad, but then like him like leaving and then um, it, look, it looks like a lot of like multiversal like we're we're diving into like the multiverse of Invincible this season. There's like a, a new villain who can like access the multiverse, and then um, I think there's a shot like the end of the trailer where it's like it seems like we're in some sort of other universe where like. Mark is like a basically became his dad and like took over the planet. So there's like this like dark the dark alternate universe where like Invincible is like this like you know the like the like on on a big screen and like all across the world is being like hey go against me I'll kill you like I I I, I control the planet now. Yeah, they do a lot of with the different universes and then. The multiverse within itself, because uh, Robert Kirkman had sort of an agreement with Marvel and stuff, so the Invincible can visit like certain Marvel characters. In, in I don't know. I don't, like, I don't know if we're gonna go that crazy. No, no, they're not gonna do that. But at least no. in the story-wise, they introduced like a multiverse and within itself its own, you know, big thing. Other comics don't have enough characters or lore where they can do a multiverse that isn't just them. I feel like it would, it would be it would be super fun if they uh like if they did like some sort of like you know like if it was like the Amazon comic universe and like if like one of the alternate universes like the boys universe or something or some some version like the boys universe where like they're fighting Invincible instead of Homelander or something. Yeah, 
that'd, that'd be funny if they were able to do that. Because they, uh, they, they got, they got, they got. I mean, they got like the boys diabolical. They have like animated versions of, you know, the boys universe. So, but that's if they work really well with other people. Uh, right now, Amazon. It's if Amazon wants any of the money, because if not, it's like a couple different publishing houses would be like greedy. Yeah. Just off the bat, you know. It, it, it you, just you seems know like there'll be. You'll be, you'll be like right issues. Mm-hmm. I mean, but I mean, just because like, Amazon has like the rights to like both <laughs> properties as, as like TV shows, but I, yeah, I, I don't think we're gonna like it's, it's, it's not gonna be anything else for like crazy like other another comic. Book. It's just gonna be like alternate versions of, like the Invincible Universe. It seems like. No, I'm fine with that if they can get away with it. I just know comic book companies are finicky about their properties like that. Mm-hmm. Who knows what's going behind the scenes. But uh, I mean, yeah, season two, look, season two looks like it's gonna be fun. It looks like it's gonna keep up the, you know, the invincible stuff that we 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 loved from the first season. So uh, definitely excited. It's finally almost here um, on Prime Video. I'm not I'm not sure if they're gonna do the same thing, but they dropped like they're gonna drop like, you know, a bunch of episodes to start with. I'm sure they probably will drop at least like maybe like two or three, maybe to start with, and then like go weekly after that. But yeah, we'll see uh, beginning of next month. And uh, moving on to some other news, um, some huge news. I don't. I, I think this was out of Comic Con or just like Comic Con adjacent. But some huge news for Disney Plus and for uh, '90s kids, especially like us. Um, there's going to be a live action reboot or some sort of remake of Gargoyles on Disney Plus. With uh, Gary Doberman, who I, uh, I believe he was like part like involved in like the original series, um, it's in some form, um, or maybe not, or maybe maybe he just, he just works with because like James Wan is also uh, executive producing this new Gargoyle show, and um, Gary Doberman is going to write, executive produce, and showrun it. But yeah, live live action gargoyles. Um, I, I, I'd, have, I'd have to assume the gargoyles are gonna be like CG because that'd be like insane if it was like like practical, <laughs> like rubber like, suit guy. Yeah, rubber suit gargoyles. I I wouldn't mind that. It, Not, it yeah. Would, it would just have to be very um, well shot because mm-hmm. I mean, you know, this is the same people that have made the Mandalorian and Star Wars, so it's not hard to imagine a gargoyle creature running around. I feel like with the, just with, like, the wings and, like, all that, like, that would just be too, I think it would be too crazy. Like, I feel like it's just, like, they're just gonna, like, make them, make, make the gargoyle CG and then have everyone else be, obviously, real people. Yeah. I, I also, I also feel like you have to have Keith David do, like, if, if you in that rubber gargoyle suit. If, well, if if you don't get any any other anyone else like from the original voice cast back, it's gotta like Keith David has to be Goliath. That's it. Like, like no no one else can be Goliath. I mean, you can you can you can throw like other people in, uh, into like the other gargoyles, uh, and it'd probably be fine. But if you don't have if you don't have Keith David back, like, just what are you doing? I don't know. I'm a fan of the just Michael J. White is like Goliath. <laughs> I, I mean, I guess that would work, yeah. 
You spawn. It's fine. Do we, do we get Jonathan Frakes back as uh, Xanatos? <laughs> or who's or who's like who's like the like the younger like the younger Jonathan Frakes, <laughs> or like evil evil businessman? Oh, the guy with the glasses. Like, like, the, like, like the guy who like bought the the castle, and, like brought them back to New York, and the, and then like eventually like that was Antos. Had, yeah, Antos, yeah, yeah. He didn't know that that was gonna happen. That was just like an unexpected bonus. Yeah, that was that was the other thing too. That was the other weird thing about Gargoyles. That like I don't know, like I don't know if they can keep it up for this new version, but like Gargoyles is like a it was like a crazy like uh, Star Trek Next Generation like reunion or like thing because like I think every almost everyone from TNG like showed up in, in some form on uh, Gargoyles. It's like a in like a voice role or a guest role or something. I, I wonder if I wonder if Jonathan Frank was just like, "Hey guys, come on, it's it's awesome, Gargoyles." I like the main film of the show. Come over here. Trying to get in on this gargoyle, this gargoyle money because it was like Disney Batman. Mm-hmm. Which I think at the same time, Dark and Duck came out around this, so it was a lot of Batman wannabes. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, Gargoyles was like it was a direct response to, from Disney to like, Batman. They saw Batman like being like the biggest thing in the '90s, and they're like, we we need, we need like our own. Batman the Animated Series, like a darker serialized, or slightly more serialized story. But yeah, I'm I'm excited if it, if it's hopefully I mean if it's we'll have to see like like you know this is super early we'll have to see like if we get like a trailer or like you know concept art or whatever they're doing with this but like I'm definitely excited like I, I'm I'm all for like a a gargoyle assassin. <laughs> Which I feel like I feel like we're kind of like, like kind of like building up. Like it's been kind of building up for a little bit. Like there's like there's a new comic that's been going on. Um, the like limited run games is putting the, is bringing back like the Genesis game is in, in like a kind of like remastered like collector's edition thing. So I, I feel I feel like I feel like we're kind of like we're, we're like building to like a Gargoyles And hopefully this is a better live action adaptation than like some of the other stuff that we've seen on like Netflix, like some of the Netflix anime, like anime stuff. I mean, One Piece is has been everyone loves One Piece, but like some of the other stuff has been terrible. And then other like kind of live action adaptations of other animated stuff has been terrible. So, Ho- yeah, hopefully, hopefully this is good. I, I mean, James Bond being involved is, is a pretty good sign because like usually. James Wan is like involved with like some pretty great stuff, so maybe that also mean like it's gonna be like, I mean the the original series is dark, but like James Wan being involved, maybe it'll be like even <laughs> like even darker, or even even like lean even more horror. I see. Yeah, uh, I like the idea of like putting it into new into hands that have been proven that it it can work. You know, mm-hmm. like it's. It's like they want the tone right. Get a guy who's done this before. So you know, it's got good expectations so far. Oh, and also, um, so James Wan and Gary Doberman also did uh, Swamp Thing for DC Universe slash the CW, <laughs> which I think. No. Which, well, well, I think I think the thing with Swamp Thing, I think I think it was like 
people actually when people actually saw it, they like they liked it, but it was just like whatever the crazy financial tax thing, like they got canceled like before it even aired, and then they just had to air the whole thing. But I think I feel like there was like like the general thing was like, oh, this is actually pretty good if they had to let it, actually let it like become a show and not be, be like immediately canceled and be a lame duck. Yeah, I agree. I agree that um, that show started. It, it it's like a cult hit movie or a TV show now, just because. Yeah. The time that show picks up, it's over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like what was it? It was like the, like like they filmed it in like Louisiana, and Louisiana like pulled back like the taxes they were gonna give them or something, and they were like, oh, we can't afford to like <laughs> do the sh- we, we can't we literally can't afford to make the show anymore. So it's canceled, but, but but we filmed it all, so we're just gonna air it anyway, even though it, like it will never be resolved, and it's 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 done oh, before we. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we'll definitely we'll definitely uh, keep an eye on this gargoyles news and see whatever whatever pops up. We'll keep an eye on it. And then last bit of news is we got some good news over at Prime Video. Uh, Gen V got renewed for season two. So we're getting another season of that show, which has been pretty great so far. Have you uh, have you jumped in yet, Chris, the Gen V? Not yet. Not yet. I've been I've been hoarding these shows just in case. And now is like the time I have to watch it soon. Yeah, I believe I believe episode six is up if you're hearing this uh, when this podcast goes up or like around the time it goes up. Um, it's going to wrap up. The first season can wrap up on November 3rd. And yeah, apparently it's, apparently it's been doing uh, very well as far as like whatever, whatever metrics the prime video is using to like track metrics. It's been doing uh, like, they're very happy with it. So I think, I think it's, I think it's in, Oh, it, it, yeah, it hasn't showed up on Nielsen rating. Like, cause Nielsen's are like, Nielsen ratings for like streaming stuff is like a, a month delayed. But um, it's it's been it's been like one of the most like watched things on Prime Video for like the last you know month or so here since it's been airing. You've been keeping up with that? Yeah, I've been keeping up. But yeah, it's been it's been great so far. Def- definitely like same quality as the boys. Um, like just lo- lots of crazy. <laughs> like cr- crazy stuff happening, like over the top gore, like d- super dark humor. Like, yeah, it's if you, I mean, if you if you like the boys, I mean, Jevy is like same exact same tone, same everything. So, and yeah, we'll get we're gonna get we're gonna we're gonna get a second season uh, in the near future here after the f- first season wraps up. And that's it for news this week. So why don't you jump into show and tell? And uh, Chris, have you been watching anything over the last week or so here? No, but I like to talk about Comic Con. Okay, yeah. What was <laughs> general general Comic Con trip report? So Comic Con was interesting this year, just because the writer strike and the actor strike really held back a lot of the celebrity things that would they would have promoted and all the TV shows that would have been there. Yeah, because it's weird because like there there were, there were people there, but they just could not talk about anything. Could they talk about anything, or they couldn't even talk about like past stuff. There's just like this. They, they couldn't talk, talk about, about like, anything. Yeah, so it was a really different, uh, different vibe in this show. 
than what we've experienced and what I've experienced over the years. Uh, it focused more on, of all things, like Japanese stuff. It definitely the looked first... like there was well, definitely looked like there was like a ton of like anime like booths and companies and manga oh, companies yeah. and it, it was the first made the first major like rows were either Korean companies which they've been there now for a, for a while and then anime companies promoting either trading cards shoes uh, books. Car- their cartoons or a video game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bandai had a booth, had like two booths or three. They had like a couple where it was promoting Dragon Ball. It was promoting uh, I feel like Sand something, this tank game. And then uh, promoting Dragon Ball, the new uh, movie or the new TV show that they want to release which they made, like, a trailer announcement and played it at this special booth that was just playing random anime in. So they announced that there will be a new Dragon Ball show coming out. So I got to see parts of that. It, it was just, like, you, you waited a mob of people while they released this. I actually didn't, like... The front was just so chaotic to stand in. It, it, like, to get into that main hall, walk around, was, was just, like, so exhausting. Uh, but I did get to play around some of the interactive booths, like the mm-hmm. South Park display. I'm not sure if you saw those photos of everyone else, because I, I, t- I took a lot of photos, but I didn't post it online because there was just no internet. There was just no internet <laughs> in the main area. And I didn't mm-hmm. go out far enough to go get a signal, because I was like, I'll post later. But so much, uh, like, clusters of people, so that it would just, you got no signal. You had to go, like, outside. And I didn't want to like trek outside because it rained a lot. So, uh, so they had a South Park booth that was f- like fake props from the TV show. Mm-hmm. So they had a like the COVID pandemic special stuff that they had. They had the ep- the, the episode. I didn't see this on uh, HBO because I only I really primarily watch South Park through HBO. But the pandemic special and then the COVID thing where it's like the future of them. Yeah, those those are all like Paramount Plus. Uh, when they made this and deal with like Paramount Plus, that that was like it was a certain amount of like exclusive specials for Paramount Plus. So, yeah, the COVID specials were those. Um, so the, that, that one that, the one that just, the one they just put out the trailer for like the the Wokening or whatever. There's going to be a Paramount Plus exclusive. So a lot of that like props for those were there and I, I didn't know what they were because I I have not seen that special yet. Mm-hmm. So you know they had like fun things. I think it still doesn't beat the year they had the memory booth where you sit down and you get sprayed by uh Stan's dad. Okay. Marsh, and he like sprays mm-hmm. memory juice on you. That that was a more like a fan interactive thing. This year is not so much. And then the Marvel booth was this year, like further back than I ever remember it. It's like way, way more back in the the row. Uh, and you know they had gives giveaways, and they really the only thing they had to promote was the Marvels, uh, mm-hmm. like clothing. And that was it. Like, and then the maybe like Loki's outfit and Ouroboros's like jumpsuit. 
Yeah, because yeah, because Loki's on right now. Marvels is coming up. That's like yeah, that's, those are like their only two <laughs> big things that are happening. And then you could Tom Hiddleston was there. He just took photos, but he didn't talk anything about Loki. Mm-hmm. I think he even go. I think he might appear at the Marvel booth, but he's like, "Yeah, I'm in a show." And then he's like, "All right, bye." And then like you see him in the basement levels to get a signature. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then what else? Oh, I met Jim Cummings. Mm-hmm. I posted that because I had some signal before that went dark. Cool guy, you know. Uh, soft spoken. He was more interested in kids approaching him than grown ups. Because, like, when kids approach, he'll do like voices and then give a big performance. And then I showed up right after he just gave one to this little girl. <laughs> so it, it shifted. He looked at me. He was just like, I, I can see he was tired. So I was like, All right, I'm just going to say a few words and then do my thing. But, you know, I still think. Uh, I, I, again, it's the voice of so many Disney characters. Mm-hmm. So when I saw him, it was cool to hear him and do the voice and all the photos of himself of all the different role he was, roles he was in. And I was like, that is the Disney cartoon lineup. He was in at least one of these things. I think um, well, I mean, if I was, ever was, meet him... Was yeah. it, like, was, was, was it he... Like, I mean, he, he's Darkwing Duck, right? Yeah. And like... Yeah, like, like, yeah, like, so, like, the like, look at the main character of that show, and then, like, yeah, supporting character in, like, probably, like, every other show. Yep. And then, yeah, he, like, I think we could spend, like, a half an hour talking about Jim Cumming roles and what we love, mm-hmm. so that's all I'm like, alright, like, I, I had five minutes just to, like, you know, like, it was just try to condense that. Um, I spent a few rounds looking for comic book boots, but... You want to see some madness? First day, I think they ran out of pamphlets to give out for the map. So when you were just looking for boots, they really pushed to look the app. But the app would crash on you. That app was sponsored oh by Tumblr this year. And so mm-hmm. you open your phone, you can't connect to the internet. So I have to like go outside, connect the phone, go on it. And then like maybe five minutes, my phone would crash the app. I couldn't believe it. I was like, this is the, like, what is happening? So I didn't know where anything was. Like I had to like manually walk around and just get like a lay of the land to know like landmarks and boots. And what's sad is a lot of the major book companies were just either not there or shoved in some weird corner. Like I, I, IDW Publishing was downstairs in a whole different level. They were like the first thing you saw when you walked into Artist Alley. It made it seem like IDW owned Artist Alley. I could not find where Boom Studio was. They were just scattered. I guess they had artists from them, but they didn't have their own booth. Dark Horse, I don't know where the hell they were this year. They <laughs> they were pushed someplace where basically most of their booth merch was given out, like probably on the show, like on the entranceway. Like, you know, those Dark Horse, like yellow bags you might see. They're, they're pretty famous. They were pretty good and they were mm-hmm. free. Uh, a few years ago, they were just given to you as you pass by. Now, it's like a rarity. I couldn't really... I mean, a lot of people took them in the morning, and that was it. It was a very limited amount. Uh, and apparently, there was a Scott Pilgrim... Uh, the, the Scott Pilgrim show that's coming up? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's it called? Uh, I think... Was it Scott Pilgrim... 
Powers Up or some Scott Pilgrim takes off. Takes off. That's it. I keep forgetting the thing. I don't know why they can't call it takes off. It makes it seem like it's a sequel. But anyway, they they showed up on like Saturday. Apparently, they were giving out tote bags. Like Netflix, like kind of stealthily showed up and just handed them out to people. But they gave out nice canvas bags that you know looked okay, but. Just like where, the, like I'd be walking around, and this year a lot of freebies was just bags. So you stare at people and like, wait, where do you get this bag? Or what's that? You know, like, uh, <laughs> and then one of the weirdest freebies was uh, take a photo with the fake lookalike mentors from the Hunger Games, the song of the Snowbird. Oh yeah, the ballad of uh, serpents and songbirds and snakes or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they had sort of look-alike uh, I guess mentors from the movie. So, the, you know, the, it's like you're not that actor. You're just some dude, I think. Uh, it's like, oh, come take a photo with them. We'll get this poster. And eventually some people didn't want to take a photo. So they're like, do you just want these posters? And I was like, I, t- I took one. Janice took one. And then I took another. So I have like four of these posters that from a distance, just don't... They, they look like propaganda, you know, like Russian propaganda posters. They don't look... At least as a Hunger Games passerbyer, I'm not a huge fan, but... You know, I, I don't mind the series. I don't mind the prequel series either. But, yeah, they just tried the most minimum version of promoting for that. But, again, they had like a horde of, like, 12 people like oh take a photo with the mentors i'm like who the hell are you i have no idea who these people are (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh then i waited in line the longest line i waited was the last day i waited in line for the spider-man 2 video game booth that was attached to the marvel booth Mm -hmm. and it was an hour long to stand there and take a photo with a, a fake alleyway of Miles and Peter with Venom's head floating in the background from a distance. It makes it seem like he's coming out of the shadows. But the lighting in that area was kind of weird. So it, it depending on how the, photo- the, the booth photographer took your photo and how good your camera is, sometimes you can see the head, sometimes you can't. Or sometimes it comes out too harsh and it looks like, you know, a balloon. A Venom's face. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah, I was like, oh, boy. I, I didn't mind, because at the end, you got the Spider-Man 2 tote bag, and it's pretty good. It's, like, terrible for the environment, because the whole thing is made out of plastic and hard plastic, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, then you got to sign up for a QR code. So the QR code leads you to the clues of the first Spider-Man race that's going to happen in new york tomorrow in or when this com- this podcast comes out like friday the 20th mm-hmm. there is a new york hunt where you could run around the city to like try to earn the game for free if you meet all the markers and stuff it's like trying to get prizes so mm-hmm. it, yeah it was kind of cool it was like okay now now it's like the instructions you have to take a photo you have the bag and then you scan a QR code to let you know if you happen to live in new york you can play this ar game 
yeah, yeah, catch all, yeah, catch all the pigeons. <laughs> it was, it was like the, <laughs> the, the side like the first, like the first game. Yeah, Insomniac just released a bunch of wild pigeons with notes, and it's up yep. to the fans to hunt them down, or or just go go like super old school, go like Spider Man, like Spider Man Two, like that game with like the kid with the balloon. <laughs> No, my balloon! Even, my balloon! Even worse, even worse. We dangled a whole bunch of construction workers from ledges, and it's up to you to figure out how to save them. Yeah, was it? Was it there like an MJ side mission where you like you'd like swing and like click hearts or something? In like one of those, in like Spider-Man two or three games. I feel like that's a thing. Like, like, like you, you're, my you're, brain you're, just won't you're like that. you're like swing, you're like swinging around with like MJ, and then like you were like it was like hearts, you'd like click like those like certain number of hearts or something. I think you had to maintain a certain speed, and you had to. Then you couldn't yeah. do flips because if you did, it, yeah. like, it, she didn't like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I vaguely yeah. remember this, but it's such a dumb mechanic that like it's not featured in any of the Spider-Man games again. Mm-hmm. I feel like that was Spider-Man Two, just because that game had to get bloated with more and more mini games. Then um. Yeah, I'll I'll try to write something, or I'll definitely have to like post more photos before mm-hmm. my next con this month. Uh, probably tomorrow, probably the twentieth, just at some point, just start shotgunning tweets to different companies and people. Uh, because again, this year, like it was it was weird because maybe because we I barely recover from retro game con, so when I hit New York Comic Con, I was already like burnt out. <laughs> and then I kind of try to get the energy back, but yeah. there were no free after parties. Every everything was like you know, hang out with your friends, make plans. It was very basic. I liked it because I didn't feel like I had to go to a bunch of things. I, I didn't feel like I did. You know, some some comic cons I've gone to, I've been burnt out after like completely after just because uh, it's one giant ad or you feel very in- disingenuous about the city about the comic-con it's like hey come visit like you know the city and then experience all this and then you go there and you're like jesus christ that thing's expensive it still is but this time i got to hang out with friends i haven't hung out in a while and then i got to experience different parts of new york that i normally would be like so focused on a comic-con event because i bought a ticket or something mm-hmm. so i my, my tip from all this is like if you go to comic-con a lot which i think going every other year is a lot I go maybe every two years if I could. And it's like, after a while, once you learn the rhythm, like you can go to uh, do other things, other people like that involve, don't involve Comic-Con. Like I hung out with the guys in Digital Pimp and we went to a brewery that they just opened up in the Hudson Yard. Has nothing to do with Comic-Con. In fact, the most of the crowds never went there. So it was really nice to just hang out and like enjoy New York from away from a con, even though it's like blocks away. Mm-hmm. I think New York still hasn't embraced Comic-Con as, like, a full thing. Because I think that was the problem. San Diego and that area embraces San Diego Comic-Con. Like, a lot of businesses do cool things, even that have nothing to do officially. But for some yeah, reason... Yeah, is, 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 is it, like, the Gaslight District or something that's right next to the San Diego Convention Center? Is like, it's, like, it's, like, post, post-Comic-Con, like, hang out. Like, every, every, every restaurant, bar in that area is, like, full-on, like, Comic-Con, come here. Like... Comic-Con crazy. Yeah. You get, you get, uh, you get New York, and it's like they barely give a shit. Mm-hmm. It's so weird. I mean, I get it. The city's huge. Like as I'm leaving, I'm like, this, you know, 
the city, you know, oh, let's go back to the regular people. Like, they were over Comic-Con by day two. <laughs> Let alone when I was there, there were protests, and that was interesting. Yeah, it was it was other other stuff other besides Comic-Con was happening. Yeah, as, I, as much as I want to enjoy the, like, hey, I'm in the bubble, it's like, nope, that bubble only is just, like, Comic-Con and then maybe the short walk back to your car or your train. So... Interesting times. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll, let me. I'll, I'll probably get there. I'll get back there someday. <laughs> maybe we will have to. We'll have to apply it again. Try again for. We for should apply for being a panelist. I think yeah. that's our gimmick: is just be mm. a panelist to it. Um, mm. Yeah, we'll definitely talk offline because we have a year to plan. They, they. Yeah. I think on the first day of Comic Con, when they showed, it was like, "Here's the next date." And it's like, whoa. Let me go apply for shit now. But otherwise, um, what I watched was the first two episodes of Loki so far. At least the first episode and then the second episode. Yep. So I watched it back to back, or at least like one day then the next. Uh, you're on. You're up to episode two, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we'll talk about that. Episode one, I didn't mind like it, it's very uh get back to basics a lot of other characters doing most of this world building than loki experiencing it because i kind of rewatched the first episode compared it to the first episode of season two well because yeah because because he, he's getting like ripped, ripped like to like the different time periods so mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm. it's a lot of, like him just popping up and then leave like blinking out and i was just like wait was loki just here what <laughs> like and then the um, the big thing for him was getting stabilized. I thought the running thing for him being pulled out of time would be like, oh, like a whole season, <laughs> whole season or half of it. But it's like solved yeah. fast. So that that was interesting. I thought that would be a longer thing. Uh, or Boris, why is he like? He's so he's so important, but he's so like he's he's treated as if he's like an like a like I don't know a boiler repairman in that building. I, I don't you know I was like kind of shocked how well his technology, the importance of his role is, and it barely anyone talks to him. Yeah, like no no one ever goes to see him or like, but, but he like built all the technology that's the TVA. Mm-hmm. I did what he. I did see what you mean about the whole Bill and Ted thing, where it's cause and effects. The like yeah. introduction to something has a payoff later. Mm-hmm. I well, like, 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 just the editing itself. It's like an immediate payoff of, like, he's talking to Loki, like, however many decades or hundreds of years in the past, and then he'll like mention something like, "I could build this," and then like you cut, you cut immediately to like Owen Wilson, and it's like, "Oh, here you go. Here's that thing I built," <laughs> like. This MacGuffin that, like, we needed, I built it. <laughs> yeah. But the the thing I didn't like about episode two is if I thought I missed something where it immediately jumps into this other character who became a movie star, X5. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought I missed something. I was like, wait. What, what happened to him? Like, why is this happening? Like, I don't remember how episode one ended, so... Like on a, on a um, like oh okay we gotta prepare for the worst and then it's just like this Hollywood premiere. 
Yeah, well, I, I don't, they say like he had, like he might be like he was with Sylvie, or he knows where Sylvie was, or something. That's like the only like, or he's the only one that knows like where she might be, or something. For some reason. But he was part of the group that was like arming themselves up, and the episode ends like that, and then Sylvie ends up in that McDonald's, and that's yeah. why like I was like, did I miss something? Why is it just showing like this? And then I get in his timeline in, in the sacred timeline or maybe it was the sacred timeline he ended up being that movie star i i don't know how that ties in to the future where sylvie is working at mcdonald's in the 80s yeah it's it's also like most of the timelines got bombed out of existence again at the end of that episode so there's and then, but i mean it looks like there's a couple left so i don't know i don't know what what like universes are still left <laughs> I would assume it's like the Sony ones. It's like Spider. It's like the Spider Verse and the Venom Verse are like the only two left now, or something. <laughs> and then maybe whatever timeline the original Defenders were in, the Netflix, the Netflix universe. Because mm-hmm. yeah, because that was the big thing. It's like oh, we 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 gotta like leave all these timelines. Like that's all people now. We like they everyone like. Acknowledges that, like, they're like basically like doing like genocides against other like timelines, and then but then the one the one judge or whatever gets like all our troops, and they're like they basically blow up all the timelines again. Well, it goes back to sort of normal. So I understood her philosophy where in order to save the whole universe, we need to get rid of other ones. Yeah, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of like status quo returning in the first episodes, like they. they the first episode was like we gotta get Loki back to normal, and then the second one was like we gotta get, like rein in the timelines that are like going out of control <laughs> to kind of get like get everything back like to where it was like the first season of Loki. Yeah, yeah, but I couldn't figure out the pendant that uh, Sylvie had. Where, where where did she get that pendant from? The, like the stone thing or the because I, 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 I stone or pendant. I think she got that from, like, Ka- like Kang, at the end of season one. I, I, I have to like rewatch or like re- look at it something again. But I, I, I'm pretty sure that was like a like Kang had that on his like his desk or something, or that was something like she got from him or something. Maybe I can't remember what I can't remember what it does though. I think, it, it, I mean, obviously it's like it's got like magical properties or something. But <laughs> or was that? Or was that like was that like her version of like the um like the like the time pads that you like that was like how she was able to like jump to different time periods? I thought she just had a time pad. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, I, I there was like a recap of Loki, but it was like this like weird like remix. Like it was like they basically made it to like a song, so it wasn't really. It was like entertaining, but it wasn't really like informative for like what happened in the first season. Where did you see this? It was on like the, like they officially like put out like this, it was like a Loki remix of like a, a re- recap remix. Actually, I, I put it on the site too. If you, it's if you go like to like our up to speed section, there's like a Loki season one video. But it's like but it's like it does recap things, but it's also it's also just more of like a like a rap remix song. <laughs> so if you're looking for like in depth information about what happened in Loki season one, probably look for, look for like a different video on YouTube from somebody and not not that, not that official one. But it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely like, like so much better than most of the other Marvel stuff that we've gotten this year. I mean, 
is Loki and Guardians Volume Three are probably like the two best things we've gotten from Marvel. The rest of it's been kind of like either mediocre, okay, mediocre with like Amy and the West Quantumania, and then like terrible with Secret Invasion. Still have not finished it. God, yeah, Secret Invasion. I don't know what what happened. That's gonna be like a. We need like a documentary series or something about that. About somebody needs to like investigate what the hell happened with Secret Invasion. Oh, I like I like that they put out. You know how they always put out like the, like the behind the scenes, like the like declassified where they show like, like the making of, mm-hmm. and they, they like they actually put one out for that. But it's like it's it's gonna be like this like weird propaganda of like, oh yeah, this is great. Like look at look at how we do like these like great special effects for Secret Invasion. Everyone's having a great time. Like. This is such a great entry in the Marvel MCU. Just lies. The secret in the invasion is secretly it's terrible. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that's what I did this week. Uh, probably watch a few more movies and hopefully bang out one more uh, review before mm. I'm busy again. What about you, Zach? What have you been watching? So I watched a bunch of stuff. Um, so last week was Friday, was a October Friday thirteenth. So you know a lot of people, like a lot of places, put out spooky stuff to celebrate. Uh, you know, spooky date in a spooky month. So there was a bunch of stuff that dropped uh, last Friday, um, including uh, season four of Creep Show over on Shutter, which I watched all of, and it was it was good. Um, it was a fun season of Creep Show. It definitely. I mean, if, if you're already if you're already like a fan of like what Creepshow has been doing, it's pretty much like on par. Um, and, and also like kind of the, the anthology thing where it's like some of the some of the some of the like stories are not as good as other stories. It's kind of like a mix, like you know it's like kind of a mixed bag as like all anthology stuff is. But there 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 was some like really great episodes um, and or like individual story. Each episode is like two stories, so like it'd be like. Either both of them are good, or like one of them will be good, and one of them will be like just like weird or okay. And I also, it also kind of felt like they were leading a little bit more into like wacky humor this season. Like a lot of the stuff had like a much more like wacky tone than some of the previous stuff or previous creep shows. I mean, creep shows always had like kind of like a campy humor edge along with like the horror stuff. But this season in particular just had like a lot. Like some of it was like really wacky. <laughs> like, like there's some like just like some like just like characters or like story stories that were like, wow, this is like going like not even this is not even horror. This is like like a wacky comedy or something. But um, and you know, also the other thing you get with Creep Show, like even if like the story isn't that good or like just an okay episode, um. You're, you're guaranteed like some sort of like really awesome like practical monster or practical effects because uh, Greg Greg Tero is like the showrunner, so yeah, obviously like also like showrunner on Walking Dead, so like and also and just like you know practical special effects legend, so like all sorts of like every episode is, is some sort of like crazy creature or monster or like crazy gore effects or something. So I mean it's it's worth it's worth watching just for that. But then, but most of the episodes are also like really good too, and it's it's, it's the same tone as like the movie and, and like the previous seasons. Yeah, like it's a mix of like over the top gore and uh, yeah, like campy kind of like dark humor. And it's also like the closest thing we 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 have right now to like Tales from the Crypt. <laughs> I see. 
which which like will like I don't know if we'll ever see that again on a streaming service just because like the rights are like so insane for Tales of the Crypt. But if you if you want if you want to get that kind of like feel, definitely check out Creep Show if you haven't seen it on uh, Shutter. I think it's also on like AMC Plus if you have that instead of Shutter. But I th- oh, you also get speaking of shows like it. But... Did you see happen to see the Goosebumps thing that they were doing? I was just going to talk about that. I, ah, I can talk I about like, it right yeah, now, Chris. So, so yeah, but yeah, Creep Show, it, it's fun. Um, definitely check it out if you have if you if you haven't seen the fourth season yet, or if you haven't seen the whole show, just like head over check that out. Shutter. But yeah, Goosebumps, uh, the new Goosebumps on Disney Plus. They dropped the first five episodes last week on October thirteenth, and then uh, it's going to be one episode a week for the rest of the season. I think it's going to be it's going to be. 10 episodes and i thought it was, i thought it's i think it's pretty good so far um it's um definitely darker than you expect for like a disney plus show um like there's like a main villain or like i guess a main tag i guess we'll, I, I, it, I, it seems like we're kind of like leading toward like maybe we'll find out that like something something else is going on but the, the main villain so far is like this uh like high school kid that got burned in his house when he and like um and he's and then basically became like a freddy krueger kind of character like every time he every time he shows up it's like the like the modern day kids because he like this this kid died in the 90s but now, but now it's like you know it's current day but every time he shows up he's like this like horrible burned corpse <laughs> so it's like it's like wow this is like actually pretty like dark for like a disney plus original series I guess it's like a joint Hulu Disney Plus show, so I guess that kind of like is like it's more like a it's more like Hulu like let's have more of an edge, but yeah, def- definitely like it's not like um, it, definitely there's like definitely some more like uh, interesting stuff going on than you would expect from like a Disney Plus thing, and uh, it also has like a pretty interesting kind of structure for like the first at least for the first couple episodes where. There, there's like an overarching plot for the whole season, but then each of the four first four episodes is also kind of like inspired by a, a Goosebumps book or a storyline. So it's like the first episode is like setting up all the all the plot lines for the season, but then also it's uh, say cheese or die, or say cheese and die. Mm-hmm. So it and it's, and it's, and it's also everything is like kind of like centered around this like Halloween party at this at this house like the Biddle House, which is like this like haunted house in this town. I, th- I think it's like a like a, it's like a Pacific Northwest town, um, Port Lawrence. But yeah, all, all, all the main kids um, are at this Halloween party, and but then there's all these objects at the house they find. So they you know they find the camera, they find like the haunted mask, they find like the cuckoo clock of doom, and so like the first four episodes is like is like each each of the four characters like one of the characters like is like figuring out like like dealing with like this thing that they took from the party or like f- found at the party. And then it, it's and it's like an actual like goosebumps thing, but then it seems like after the fifth episode, now it's gonna be like more of like a kind of like there's like an actual like Stranger Things kind of overarching main plot. There's like this main villain. There's like uh, maybe time travel or something happening potentially. What? What? At, at, at least there's like they get like, like a glimpse of like what happened. Like, there's like glimpses of the past. They can like actually see the past because like like there's like a some sort of like scrapbook that lets them see the past in last, like the fifth episode. I see. It's not connected, is it? I, I thought it was like all vignettes of things. Well, that, that that's what I was saying. So like, it's there's an over, it's a season long arc of, of like this main story, but then each of the episodes 
within that episode is focused on like a like a story from like one of the Gusos books. So it's like the first episode is Say Cheese or Die. Second episode is The Haunted Mask. The third episode is Cuckoo Like a Doom. Fourth one's Go Eat Worms. And so it's it, it's like the the story like the, the plot continues in each episode, but then that in the, that episode has like a its own like kind of standalone plot where like one of the characters has, has to deal with like one of these like evil objects that came from the house. And then there's a whole thing with like and the main plot is actually is like so Justin Long it plays this new teacher that shows up in town. And then he, I mean, this was in the trailer, but he gets possessed by, like, the like the kid that died in the house. Because he moves into, like, the house that the like, kid died in. But then he gets, like, possessed by the ghost. So, like, he's now, like, the, like, you know, the goat, like, the possessed, like, evil, like, uh, high school kid that died. And, he's, and then he has, like, his plan he's trying to, like, achieve with, like, all his, like, all his objects. And then, I, um, I mean, they've been teasing it up, but, like, Slappy's going to be involved at some point. I th- I think I think literally the episode that's up, is up right now on Disney Plus is like uh, episode six is a Night of the Living Dummy part one, so yeah. I, at Comic Con they were promoting it, and it was one of those things where the marketing was kind of weird because it was like, oh, are you telling me to stop Comic Con to go home and like watches right now? <laughs> yeah, because like I think the premiere was. October fifteenth. Well, it was, it, was, it was yeah, it was Friday last week. So Friday, Friday thirteenth was 13th, when yeah, the first okay. five episodes dropped. Five at once is a lot. Yeah, I thought it might be two, but five. Damn. I thought I'm like, oh, is it one a day? And turns out no. Everything. No, yeah, five, 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 and then one, one a week for the rest for the rest of the season. So like the back half of the last five are gonna be one a week. But yeah, I, I I I like it so far. Um, d- yeah, it's it definitely it definitely seems like it has like kind of like it's maybe inspired by like Stranger Things or that kind of thing where it's like you know group group of teens in this town weird stuff's happening. But it also but it also like is like I definitely appreciate that they're like referencing and like like you know, like getting into like actual like Goosebumps stories and like kind of doing like their own like spins on them. And and the cast, the cast is pretty fun. Like yeah, Justin Justin Long is like continuing his like you know reign as like a the new like Scream King like from like Barbarian and uh, Tusk and everything else he's been in. And he he does a great like like a phys- like like physically he's doing like an awesome performance where like he's like it's like he's like fighting against his own body because like the the ghost is like trying to control him, but then he's like fighting against it. So there's a lot of, like like great like physical comedy from him just like throwing himself into like walls and like throwing himself on the floor and stuff. Trying to like fight this ghost, and then, uh, <clears throat> like Rob Hubel's like one of the parents, like one of the one of the main uh, kids' parents, who's also he's like he's also like the guidance counselor for the school. And uh, yeah, so it, I mean, yeah, it's it's definitely way better than I thought it would be. Uh, definitely worth checking out if you're on Disney Plus if you're looking for something spooky to check out. And I'm definitely interested to see like how yeah how Slappy what Slappy's doing on the show and like what else they're gonna do for like the rest of the season. And then also also dropping last week was uh, over on Peacock was John Carpenter's Suburban Screams. 
which is a kind of true crime, um, I guess horror <laughs> show. Um, it's 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 definitely in the vein of like unsolved mysteries and stuff like that. Um, uh, where it's each episode is 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 a based on a true story about something horrific that happened in like suburban towns or small towns or in the area of small towns. There's like a you know like murder serial killers or some sort of like local legend or like um there's like one about this like woman is like is like has been like stalked on the phone for like six years and they it's, it's still unsolved like she has no idea who this guy is that's stalking her but she just gets like constantly getting like phone messages and the, the kind of the gimmick of it was that there's reenactments so like you know like classic kind of like true crime reenactments but like the gimmick was that they were shot they're trying to shoot them as like a more like a horror movie style so there's like cinematic like a horror movie style uh-huh. which i don't it didn't really stand out I, like it wasn't that much different than like anything else you've seen as far as like true crime or like you know reenactment stuff like i don't it didn't really feel like oh this is like a, like a john carpenter movie <laughs> even though he directed like the like the last episode of the season he directed like john carpenter is, so it's like it's like the first thing john carpenter's directed in like a decade like I think the last thing he directed was like that movie The Ward I forgot that one from from like 2010 which I think was like a that was like an Amber Heard movie like the the insane asylum but yeah so so Jack Carpenter hasn't hasn't directed anything in in 10 years so this that was like kind of the big deal of the the show too it's like oh Jack Carpenter's finally back directing something but I mean reenactment footage (laughs) <laughs> yeah, a re- a reenact a true crime reenactment of um he he directs like the phone stalker episode which doesn't doesn't really it doesn't really look any different from like the other episodes. All the episodes are kind of the same kind of style. Like it also um it reminded a lot of like the uh TV show Lore on Amazon based on like it's based on like the podcast Lore where it's it's also kind of like based on true like true stuff. Um, had had a very similar kind of like style where so they're they're kind of they're kind of selling point of like oh this is like more like it's like it's true crime but it's like a horror movie true we're shooting like a horror movie I didn't really I I didn't really feel like it panned out <laughs> like that it just kind of felt like a like a typical kind of like true crime reenactment like unsolved mysteries kind of show it's 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 okay I mean if if you if you're into like true crime if you're into like that kind of that kind of stuff. There's there's some interesting stories in it, so it's it's worth checking out. Some of them are kind of like weird, where it's like, um, like like there's one where about like this like this guy who like lived next door to a house, and then the the, the dad and his family moves in, and the dad is like turns out to be like a, I don't I don't know if he's actually like murdering people, but he's he was like doing like really like horrific stuff with like animals in the bait in like the, the attic, oh, and then, and then like was was about to kill his family because he got found out but then it kind of just like end, like it just like ends where the, the, the guy like telling a story was like oh yeah and then like the last like the next three days were a blur so i don't really know what happened they just moved away it's like uh, it's like what <laughs> like, yeah, that's not a lore thing that's just like a rumor yeah well it's like this, this guy telling a story like is like he claim like he is like he's telling a story and he, he claims like he got almost got killed by this guy that lived next door to him who was like a dentist that like was like apparently like just like mutilating animals in the, in the attic and like almost kills almost went crazy and like tried to kill him and his family, but then 
it like it, it's like he's telling he's like he's telling the story that the reenactment is like this guy's like outside their house gonna break in he, he like he's like like it, it seemed like he killed his wife or something too because he's covered in blood and then it just cuts to like this guy telling the story like and then i don't know the police came and then like they moved away and i don't know what happened like it's like what what, what is the story what? that's not a, that's not an ending to a story like like what what is <laughs> this guy almost killed you and you don't know what happened <laughs> Yeah, I would follow that up immediately. Yeah, maybe that's what happened to Lore. Like it just started becoming like fibs. Yeah, so I mean, some so some of them are weird. Where it's just like it kind of just ends on this like ambiguous like I I don't know ghosts maybe I don't know <laughs> like I thought the thing was like it was debunking things. It was it wasn't supernatural. It was just like shitty people. Well, well, this this show this show is just is just like it's like whoever is, like, the victim or, like, the main, like, person that was involved in, like, whatever this, you know, event was is the one telling the story. So it's, like, um, or, like, people, so, like, there's, like, I think probably the best episode is probably of this, of this Servant Scream show is probably the second episode, which is about this, like, Canadian serial killer. Um, and it's, it's, this, the guy, people telling the story is, like, the guy who was, like, reporting on it for the newspaper. And that one, that one is actually like a like you know an actual like story with like an ending, where like like the guy got like arrested again. <laughs> so it's like an actual like that, and it's like there's like actual like documented evidence of like this whole story, and it's like oh. so it's like so, so it's like th- th- yeah, this is like an actual you know event that happened. This is a true. This is like an actual true story. And then so, but then some of the other episodes are just like, oh yeah, I, I was like I like helped like a ghost girl like find like solve her murder or something. <laughs> Does John Carpenter introduce this, or it's just more like his name is slapped onto it? He record so he he, he recorded like a voiceover for like the intro, and then he directed the the sixth episode, and that's like his involvement, I think. Wow. So yeah, I I, I would not go in expecting like like you know like top tier John Carpenter. Like this is not like it's not like the uh, like a return to form for John Carpenter. Like uh, if you're like, like we're not back to like you know like Halloween or the thing or anything, but. It's it's a perfectly cromulent like uh, true crime show if you if you just want like some like kind of lean, leaning more toward horror esque true crime stuff and, and you have Peacock it, it's fine I th- I think like the new like Unsolved Mystery on Netflix is probably is definitely better than this um, but this is okay. And uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty much what I watched. I just yeah crammed all, <laughs> somehow crammed all three of those sh- all, everything available for those three shows uh, since la- since last podcast. <laughs> it's, it's a lot. They're, they're, yeah, like yeah, creep shows six episodes. Uh, Suburban streams six episodes. I watched all five episodes of the Goosebumps show along with like everything else I, I normally watch. So t- tons of TV over the last week or so. But uh, yeah, I think that'll do it for this week's episode. Uh, definitely head over to the site. We've got all of our usual stuff up there. We got uh, trailers, n- news, reviews, all sorts of stuff. Um, you can head over and check out our commentary from last month, which was uh, well, we, 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 had, we had we had a special uh, Chris birthday commentary, which is three three inches knuckle up. Um, so you you can still listen to that. That's up there, and we also watched uh, Saw Two as well. And we're gonna be, I think we're gonna be watching uh, Child's Play for to celebrate uh, October and you know it's spooky Halloween time. 
because it, it's a it's a it's a big Chucky month. Chucky's been like all over the place recently. He's, he's got his TV show. He's got uh, you know Halloween Horror Nights uh, mazes. He's got it's dual anniversaries for movies. So we're we're gonna celebrate all things Chucky for this month for the commentaries. Come back in a, a probably I think next week actually. Come back and uh, check that out. Yeah. And then all of our other usual features up down inside it. Well, head over and check a lot of stuff out. And uh, yeah, so for Chris, I'm Zach, and we will see you next week. For more Everything Action, head to www.everythingaction.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at EVAction, on Facebook by searching for Everything Action, and follow us on Instagram at everything.action. You can also subscribe and get more episodes on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify.